Hello and welcome to the podcast from Holy Trinity Wester Hales. We're delighted that you've joined us for this week's podcast and pray that you'll be blessed through it. We sometimes say in, in Holy Trinity that the aim isn't to, if you like, give a good sermon, um, but to give what the Lord is saying. And uh, today I, I feel what, what's ahead is quite simple, really. Um, but there might be a number of things or aspects, issues, that the Lord might just want to prompt you about. Nothing profound, nothing stunning or amazing just something very simple that the lord might just wish to say to you yeah that that's for you that that's for you and as i say there's a number of small items that we well i hope that we 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 touch uh or above all if if they're the ones that the lord is speaking to you about and is desiring to speak to you about then they're the ones that will be touched so we're gonna we're gonna pray first and trust that we'll be listening for, for what the Lord has to say. Lord, at, uh, at this time, these, these are your moments. Will you be the one speaking? Will you take the, uh, the, the words of a, of a preacher and anoint such that we'll hear the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking directly into our lives Lord, so that uh, at the end we will say, yes, it's been good to have been in your presence. Yes, I've heard your voice, Lord. And then say to the Lord, yes, I'm going to act as you say. May it be to me according to your will. So, Lord Jesus, our eyes, our ears, our hearts are here for you. Amen. We're continuing through Hebrews um, and back to chapter 11. There was that uh, definition of faith in verse 1 and it was never really expounded upon. It was simply uh, explained by demonstration so that all these people following who lived according to faith and were told they didn't necessarily see their reward on earth. It usually ended in death. And then chapter 12 begins with a therefore. So what is the therefore? The therefore is to recall those people, and as Rita said, even more than the ones recorded there, as as heroes of faith. And as Ian said last week, it's not some sort of crowd of witnesses looking down on us so that we will behave appropriately. Um, it was a, a cloud of witness, and the witness is what we've just read, of testimony. The fact that they had acted in faith means now we look to them and think, yeah, that's what we need to do. They're our, our model, our example. This is the way to do it, live by faith. And so now we know we can do it as well because we've got the pattern set for us. So that was right at the start of, of chapter 12. And uh, those wonderful verses out of the chapter 12 tell us about a race. <coughs> <coughs> uh, 
Excuse me, I, I, there's a few coughs coming this morning, so I, I don't know if we need a prearranged signal uh, so that you, your ears don't suddenly suffer. So I apologise beforehand. Um, we've got these amazing verses telling us about a, a race that we're on. We're told to, and, uh, to, to run this race with perseverance. And Ian said oh, that the word for, for that, that for race, if you like, the Greek word for it in the New Testament was like agona, um, and literally where we get agony from. So it might not be too pleasant in, in this race. But all the time, this, the, the idea is that you will keep, while you're on this race, keep your eyes on Jesus. So you're going straight forward, focused on him. Then we come to verse four. Uh, not the most encouraging start in your struggle. We don't, we don't want words like this, do we? Uh, but in your struggle against sin. Mm, this is it's maybe the first point here where we, we read this sense of something that is both with us and something that is dealt with. In Christ, sin is dealt with, but there's still this sin that would entangle us, we just read it in, in uh, verses 1 to 3. And here, in the struggle against it, you've not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. When the Bible speaks of shedding blood, usually it's quite fatal. Jesus shed his blood means he died. The martyrs, the, these heroes of faith, usually martyrs. So... Is, is it slightly strange that they're being told you've not yet shed your blood? Because if you're reading it, you've obviously not, you're not dead yet if you're reading it. So maybe there's another connotation other than simply to you people in church who are, whose, whose blood is being shed. Hmm. We'll, we'll read on first. And say, and have you? Completely forgotten. There's no question mark in the Greek. It's so, but we turn it into a question. Makes it a little more easier to read, uh, and it's a little more gentle. And have you completely forgotten this word of encouragement? No, alongside hardship, encouragement, encouragement that addresses you as a father addresses his son. It says, "My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline." Now, just to give you a bit of a clue as to where we're going, see if you can pick out a word which seems to reoccur over these next few verses. I think, I think you'll spot it. Feel free to count them. So, don't make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you because the Lord disciplines the one he loves and he chastens or scourges, very strong word there, everyone he accepts as his son. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? If you are not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not legitimate, not true sons and daughters at all. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the Father of spirits? That's an unusual turn of phrase, but we've just heard about human fathers. And so just to compare a contrast, a human father, we're naturally born physically. Human father, as Christians, we are spiritually 
born, born again. So father of spirit, probably there just referring to the fact that we have a spiritual father as well as a natural father. Okay. Verse 10. They disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good. So all that we're going through is actually for our good. No discipline seems pleasant at the time. Think of that race. Agony. But painful. Hmm. It's not, <laughs> it doesn't seem too encouraging yet, does it really? But it sounds, it's talking about pain and agony and blood. Um, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have trained by it. So there's the idea of pain, hardship. You might have picked out the word discipline being used there. I think I counted nine uh, uses of the word discipline there. So I guess discipline is quite important. Uh, and if anything else, I, I do believe God's saying to us today about being disciplined. Um, but there's something more coming. And that is, as we do that, then we share in holiness. And there's a fruit of righteousness. Now, these are things that we know kind of occur in, in two ways. Because we are in Christ. If you become a Christian, you are in Christ, you receive the Holy Spirit, you receive Christ's righteousness. That's how we can know him. We have relationship with God because of the righteousness bought for us by Christ. Likewise, holiness. Paul was able to write to the church in Ephesus and say to the saints, to the holy ones in Ephesus. And so there's a sense of holiness, righteousness, being this something that we receive from God because we could never achieve it ourselves. But because we receive it, then we have relationship with God. However, these are the things that we grow in as our discipline. We grow in righteousness so that we become like Christ. Or holiness, it's about being set apart for God. We grow in these things through life so that we become, if you like, that what we are in, in Christ. So there's a growing and there's a future. And this writing is talking about the life now in preparation for the one to come, but not as if it's a, a dress rehearsal. We're, not, we, we're in the real world now. And so holiness, righteousness are the things that we are clothing ourselves in now. Yes, from Christ, but also growing in. Now then, the, the good news is that this particular block of teaching is looking at discipline more in the sense of training. Sometimes when we hear about discipline, we hear about if someone's done bad, they go to the disciplinary panel and discipline is handed out and it's this penalty, yeah? If you've done wrong, you get a red card sort of thing or 15 years uh, or whatever else. That's a penalty, yeah. But discipline here is being referred to more as a training you are disciplining yourself, or the Lord is disciplining you 
rather than dishing out a penalty. So today, and that comes a little bit later on. There, is a, there are penalties for sin. They come a bit later on. I've not got those today, so you can relax. Uh, but we are going to talk about training. And I think the key to this is the writer to the Hebrews is using a couple of sports to explain this. Now, early on, we, we read about the, the, the race, who runs, uh, goes in a, a race, a runner, yeah, okay. And then the next line is about shedding blood. And it could be here that a particular sport is being referred to in which as you begin to shed your blood, you sh you're, 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 in a, you're in the situation for real and you're not maybe doing as well as you'd like to. So it's not talking about shedding blood as in Jesus shed his blood and died. So much as a sport is involved here in which blood can well be shed. And the sport we could be referring to is boxing. So we're going to look at running and we're going to look at boxing. Now, at this point, well, I could have asked somebody to do the, the running away from it. And that you, you'd get a great picture, wouldn't it? Because that's what these things are. They're a picture of what we need to do. So there's the runner, of which I'm not going to do much of, and the boxing, which, I, again, I'm not going to advocate. I don't want you to leave here today and think, oh, Ian's told us that we've all got to become runners or boxers. Uh, and yeah, there's particular reasons why I wouldn't want you to go boxing, because it, it, does, it does involve pain and getting hurt. But these two things could be what's being referred to. Um, let me come to that last verse there. Verse 12, therefore, strengthen your feeble arms. Okay, now, being sort of left-handed, I, I, this is, I, I think it's kind of left foot, uh, right foot forward, and lead with the right, jab with the right, come through with the left, or something like that, apparently. It's a southpaw. Um, I, I, yeah, the, the boxers amongst us, are I must have got that bit right then. Uh, okay, so... If my arms are down, I'm boxing, and I'm down here, it's not going to be good, is it? <laughs> right? You, you can't box once your arms are feeble. And what else do you have to strengthen then? It says strengthen, straighten up. So strengthen those feeble arms and those weak knees. If I'm going to go running, I'm afraid the knees have got to be strong to do it, especially if I'm going to run downhill. Yeah? Cyclists will know about this as well. You've got to have strong knees. You've got to have the arms in the right place. So it's just a thought. Maybe we're looking at boxing and we're looking at running. And this wouldn't be the first time or the only time that this is looked at in Scripture. If you have your Bible open, you might want to turn back a few pages to Timothy. Because Paul said this to Timothy. This is chapter 4, verse 5. Keep your head... It's always helpful, that one, isn't it? I think that's a word for me at the moment. Keep your head in all situations. Okay. Then endure hardship. Oh, haven't we just read that? That's what Hebrews said. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. That's everybody. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. For I'm being poured out like a drink offering and the time for my departure is near. Get the sense of life now and life to come. And how does Paul sum it up? I have fought the good fight. Which sports that? Boxing. Straight away after that, I have finished the race. Really? So the boxing and the running do seem to go together. Hmm. And then I have kept the faith. It's an unusual turn of phrase there uh, to say the faith. Um, but we've just had a chapter 
on, on Hebrews about faith. The, the faith could be referring to something else. But faith is something that we have picked up in Hebrews chapter 11. So there's quite a parallel there. Now there is in store for me the crown of, of righteousness. Get the idea, present and future, fight, race, training to get to that point. So we need to look at training. Let's just turn back another couple of pages in, in Timothy chapter 4, Paul's first letter to Timothy. Because, as I say, I'm, physical training obviously has some value uh, and it's very important. And so please do continue physical training. Physical training is of some value. But godliness has value for all things. So again, the contrast. Training, okay, there is physical, but godliness has value in all things, holding the promise for both the present life and the life to come. So it sort of wraps up nicely to say God has... Oh, the book of Hebrews is telling us about discipline as training. And that training is a now experience, which is relevant now, but also, as Paul's just said there, for the life to come. So what we're going to do is going to look at three aspects of training. Uh, nothing different from boxing or running, uh, so it could be quite general, and see how they apply to us as training in godliness. Because the whole point is that we would be training in godliness. And, and this is, isn't this why we come to church? That is part of our training in, in godliness. So training's not a, not a difficult word to speak about. Godliness, well, what's that? Well, that's surely getting to know about God. Common sense, really. If we're going to grow in godliness, we're going to need to get to know him and get to know him more. And we'll never reach the end of that. He's always going to, there's always going to be more to God than we'll ever know. Yeah, we, we know partly now the days will come. Of, be, of, of having all the knowledge we need. We've got that already, but there's going to be even more to come. For now, let's train by knowing him and aim to know him more. How do we do that? Well, how do you, and uh, I know Ian always quotes this one, when you want to get to know someone, you spend time with them, find out about them. And so if you want to know about God, get to know him, spend time with him. How do we do that? You know the answer to this. Prayer, first of all, maybe. Spend time. In, in, maybe in a quiet place with God. Maybe in a busy place. It doesn't matter where. But allow yourself to begin to tune in to him. The Holy Spirit enables us to do that because the Holy Spirit is here within us. Allow him to be our teacher. Spend time with him. Talk with him. Listen to him. Do it individually. Small place, big place. Together. Come to the prayer meeting on a Wednesday night, then you can pray with others. Join with somebody else as a, uh, a pair or a triplet or whatever. It doesn't matter. Pray, though. Get to know God in prayer. Um, 
some, who, who was it? Ian will tell me that uh, someone said they, 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 they are what they, you are what you are in prayer. It might be Spurgeon or someone like that who said that. Um, you, you are what you are when you're on your knees is the quote. That's the one. I'll have to Google it later. Uh, I have a feeling it might have been Spurgeon, but I could be wrong. Oh, anyway, uh, get the idea. Prayer is, is that first way of getting to know him. So, yeah, it's us to, it might be us telling us all about us, but please take the opportunity to allow him to speak about who he is. And he does this in different ways. One, the, the best way we've got is obviously the Bible. He's given us a, a written revelation of himself through the Bible. Read the Bible. It's, it's, all, it's all simple stuff. To so say, if, if the Lord's prompting you about any of these things, it might just be the Lord saying, hey, do this in prayer. How about doing this? How about this with the Bible? Do hold on to that. Um, so, yeah, spend time with God's written word. It's there for you. And I could bring you many verses up that say how it's good for us to soak in, in the Scripture. We know of those, you'll know 2 Timothy 3.16 is a standard one about uh, how it's inspired and it's there for us, for teaching, training, correcting, and all these other things. Um, incidentally, while you're reading it, you, uh, when I was younger, we, we had to learn everything by rote, and that's what schools did. You, you had that, it was a, a habitual thing, wasn't it? Uh, and so that's why you, you learned verses of Scripture. Uh, we were still doing that a few years ago. But now, if you want to know a verse, you can just Google it. Uh, and to be honest, in terms of knowing the verse, it's not a bad thing either way. If it means you don't know a verse, don't be afraid of just Googling it. Sometimes soaking it in it can be powerful, though, because if it's something that you've put into yourself, then it's something that will come out. Yeah, what, what we feed ourselves with will be what comes out, especially at a difficult time or especially at crisis point. And so that's, that, that's why I'd still be an advocate of, of learning the scripture, of, of learning verses, of, of soaking in them, letting them wash over you, letting them wash into you, growing deeper in them. And then you might find that they begin to come out. And if it's because it's the Bible, it's God who's coming in, it's Jesus who'll come out. Many things that can be said about praying, about reading the Bible. I've already said how it's the Holy Spirit who comes in. And because the Holy Spirit comes into me and comes into you when you ask Christ to take over, then we have a fellowship together, united, because the same Spirit who is in me is also in you. Therefore, we fellowship together. And we know as Christians, we're not designed to function alone. We function together. That's why the, the group's logo is better together. So get with other Christians. That's what you're doing now. Do it on Sunday. Do it in the morning. Do it in the evening. Do it during the midweek. Join a group. House groups, community groups, they'd love to see. If you're not part of a group, please do think about joining a group so that then you can grow together. The training exercise is about being together. Think how other people are, in, are important in the training. See, the, the training for the runner, how does the runner train? Well, he runs. Yeah? 
how does a, a boxer train? Well, he, he boxes. He gets a punch bag, first of all, down from the ceiling, and, and he hits it. And he practices by hitting. A runner trains by running. All sorts of things, running different. Yeah, you go to the gym and you build up every muscle you can do, but you become a runner by the way you're running. So on the track as well, in the training, you're running short lengths, long lengths. You're running through sand, running through water, running uphill, running downhill. But essentially, that's what you're doing. And so in the same way, what, what we're doing as, as, as Christians is simply all the things that we need to do that teach us about him that growers in godliness were reading the Bible, were praying, were spending time in, in fellowship. Do as I say, think about groups and all these other things. Uh, something I, I should have mentioned was that uh, with, with the, the men, not that men alone, all the women can do this as well, but we're just putting a sort of register together of men, giving everybody the chance to join this WhatsApp group so that we can put something down and say, if you're a bloke who wants to do some event or something like that, just put it on here. So we're just getting a, a kind of WhatsApp group together. So if you would like to be part of that, do see it's Richard who's, uh, who's, who's organising all all this or myself but do see Richard and say can I be part of this group and it means then if we organize something then everybody knows it's happening so do uh, do think about that so fellowship one more outreach we're all we're all told to share the gospel we might not all have that anointing as the evangelist who has that specific gift but we're all told to evangelize Please think about how you're evangelizing. Think of what we're doing around. Maybe with your neighbors, maybe with family. Don't miss out on evangelizing the ones nearest to you. But then in church as well, you could get involved with the things that we used to do. We'll start up again, maybe the, the, the turning and stop for the one. Think of the other things that we're doing. Cap's been mentioned this morning. Uh, food, uh, food banks is another one. Cafe is another one. Counseling. While I was preparing, I was I just got a prompt about counseling. If if maybe you're wondering if you should help the counselling service or train as a counsellor. If someone's at that stage and just wondering if the Lord's prompting you, well, take this as another prompt that the Lord's saying, yeah, train as a counsellor. Um, food bank's a great one you can get involved with because at, at the cutting edge, there's the meeting, the people, there's the bags, there's the gospel. But behind that, it takes people to receive the food, bag the food and take it through the next stage of the process. So there's lots of areas to get involved with, with outreach. And these are one of our ways of growing in godliness. I'm just going to move on very quickly to, to, to the last two things that we, sh we should cover. Because in, in the training, when you're preparing for a fight, say, or a race, then it's actually helpful to know your own strengths. It's quite natural, really. We are, we are born with certain genes or whatever, and then these are nurtured to become the person who, who we are. And, and God uses the person who we are. The, the, the way we come through life is often the way that is the best preparation for the role that you're about to do. Maybe you sense that with, with Isabel this morning or Erica last week, that their life experiences and their nature are such that they will be just right for the role 
the Lord is placing them in. I know someone who did that when they looked at the job description. Uh, they just looked at that and thought, yeah, does that, does that, does that, doing that. And it was as if the job description had been written for them because this, this was their role. And God does that. God, God chooses people for a particular task, often based on their experiences. Even, even someone like David, he, he knew that he could take on a lion, so Goliath was a pussycat in comparison. Um, so God will use you in your strengths, and that can be an advantage, especially in something new. You can feel a bit uncomfortable, a bit out of place, and, and, and it's even worse when you're told you have to do something that's just not you. So it's always helpful to be able to play to your strengths. However, as we reminded in team by, by Rita this week, how sometimes God will also use your weaknesses. Isn't that amazing? God can use your strengths because he's brought you in to, to this point in life and used everything in life, if you like, for this position. But God can also use your weaknesses. We're told that it's his strength is made perfect in our weakness. Think of uh, Gideon, for instance, then. And God says, come on, mighty warrior. And Gideon's thinking, who? <laughs> mighty warrior. Gideon was neither mighty nor a warrior. And so he's saying, are you sure you want me, Lord? And uh, oh, I'm not so sure about this. But what happened? He said, oh, okay, well, if I throw this fleece down and it comes wet. Uh, oh, oh, right, okay. Uh, oh, well, I throw the fleece down and it's wet and it comes dry. In other words, he, he just didn't see it in himself anyway. And he was hiding. This is the man who's hiding, who just didn't seem to want the task. He, he, he wasn't really a... A mighty warrior. Gideon displayed nothing of this character naturally of being a mighty warrior. So Gideon got the army together, 320,000, and God said, no, it's not going to be 320,000. It's going to be 300. Ooh. <laughs> and who won? The 300. Why? Because God fought that battle for them. In other words, sometimes God will allow us to be in our weakness so that his power can be seen. So play to your strengths, but know that God can use your weaknesses as well as we submit to him. So as the boxer does that, the boxer gets to know the opponent as well. They get to, you, you need to know how good you are, what your strengths are. Yeah? And if the, the runner gets to know their, their strengths, if, they, they, if they've got good distance, they will set a fast pace and try and burn out the sprint of the sprinters. If you're a sprinter but not got the stamina, then you'll try and make it a slow race. In other words, you know your own strengths and then use them. Likewise, and this is another one I have to be careful with, uh, before the event, you might want to get to know your opponent a little. Now, this is where definitely for the sport, it can help to know the strengths and weaknesses of your opponent. Uh, if, if you know the rest of the field in a, in a race, if you know that they're all sprinters, but they've not got that long distance, then you're going to stretch it out early on as they say, to burn out that sprint in them. Uh, or likewise, a boxer might know that if you've got a particular weakness, he's going to go for it. The interesting parallel there is that 
the devil knows our weaknesses as well. So what I'm not asking us to do is to get to know the devil. We never say that. We, we always say when it comes to Jesus, get to know the reality. Don't look at the forgeries. We use it time and time again. How the bank clerk doesn't look through thousands of forgeries so that they can spot a forgery. They just scrutinize the genuine real article, that real pound note, and that's how they spot the forgery. So I'm not asking you to get to know the devil. What I'm saying is be aware of the devil's tactics. Because sometimes when we're low, that's when, what would you, would you think, the devil says, oh, poor child, uh, they're in a bit of a difficulty at the moment. I'll, I'll give them a break. That, that's not what the devil's out to do, is it? The devil's out to take you from God. And if you are weak, or if there's a weak point, curiously enough, the devil will go for that. Incidentally, where there's a strong point, we can think well, that's an area that can't be touched. We're good at that area. The devil's not going to get in there. So we switch off and we forget to protect it and the devil can get in there as well. <laughs> note, note the similarity. The devil doesn't care. If, if it's a strong point, he'll try and get you. If it's a weak point, he'll try and get you. But that is why we have protection. And we shouldn't give the devil more credit and say, yeah, he's done this or he's made me do that. Because in actual fact, he doesn't deserve that. And as we stay near to God, as we train in godliness, we begin to push back, to resist the devil. And we're told as we do that, he flees from us. He might be prowling around trying to get us, but through the blood of Jesus, he can't touch us. So, yeah, be aware of the devil's tactics, but even more, be full of the Holy Spirit. And get to know the scriptures, which tell us about the full armour of God. And also, in that passage, that's chapter 6 of Ephesians, verse 17, tells us the one weapon that we have, which is the sword of the Spirit, the word of God. So in our godliness, let's train for godliness. Let's soak in that word of God so that then he, the spirit, through God's word, will also enable us to combat the fiery darts of the enemy. Training in godliness, simple, obvious, but if the Lord's been prompting you about any of these things, do please hold on to it, retain it, and live according to it. Let's pray. Father, your word teaches us uh, to expect hardship, tells us that the, the race can be difficult. It can be like agony. But we're called to train in godliness. So be it like a boxing match or a, or a race, Help us to train according to your leading. Help us to soak in you. Help us to grow in that uh, time in your presence such that we're recognizing your voice so that we're aware of how the devil would try to take us from you. Help us to grow in you 
as individuals, but thank you that you've put us into a body that we might grow together up into you, Lord Jesus, our head. Lord Jesus, further your work, even through this time this morning, will you further your work in each of our lives here in the building and online, Lord Jesus, that as we reflect you in greater measure, as we're transformed more into your image, we'll bring ever more glory to your name. Amen.